Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Munzenreiter, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we'll be talking about Tyshawn's Milk Crate Challenge and skaters' love of a good physical challenge in general. But first, we'll discuss Brianna Gehring going pro. First, it was the cover of Thrasher, then it was a pro model from Girl Skateboards. It's been a good month for Brianna. Patrick, what's the significance of everybody's favorite tech goth getting her name on a board? So it's been a recurring theme here on the Mostly Skateboarding Show. Um, what's going to happen next with Crailtap? Is Crailtap ever going to be able to return to its once Olympian heights of the mid-1990s? And I think as much as we enjoy having a good joke at Mike and Rick and Spike and Megan's expense every now and again, we're all quietly rooting for them to get back to that place where they once were. And I think Brianna Gearing turning pro and turning the pro the way that she did and the fact that it almost feels like there's a, no, there is distinctly a, a, a connection between her and Rick McCrank, who featured heavily in her pro debutante party. There's, there's something about this, something about it. Like, it feels good. It feels right. She's very, very different from previous pros have gotten on, on Girl before, but that hasn't really been a consistent thing for some time. So now it feels like they can kind of do whatever they want. Jason, what's your two cents? Yeah, listen, this week, uh, just listening to the Danny Way Nine Club for almost six hours, five hours, I don't know. We just think about, you know, that whole saga once again, you know, Rick and Mike starting their thing and questionable before that and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's definitely a power move for sure, but it's interesting because it's the first time that we're seeing Rick and Mike and them kind of respond to the culture like a movement in the culture writ large instead of just like being the wave and setting the tone for the culture know what i mean like when questionable came out all the other big companies need to they needed to completely change their shit up like santa cruz came out with big pants small wheels and all that shit so yeah i mean turning a woman pro definitely a power move gonna be interesting to see how it plays out in the whole post olympics uh women's skateboarding landscape like there's that monarch project company at press time uh tonight Raisa leal just got on april by a press release via instagram Mm -hmm. and it's crazy like on her metrics are crazy like on her page her press release via instagram got it already has like two hundred thousand likes which is a lot i was comparing i was comparing it to like rihanna and shit like that rihanna usually gets like like millions and millions of likes, but she has like a hundred million followers. Race only has like only like 5.4 million or something like that. So yeah, definitely a power move Um, moving forward. Interesting to see how it, you know, shapes up with, you know, it's a fluid situation we got here. So you know what I mean with the women's skateboarding. So back to uh, Brianna getting on girl, what do you think made, what do you think made Krill tap actually make the big move, make the big phone call? Because they've been notorious over the last decades for letting folks languish on the Forever Am program. Yeah, I think what it's yeah what you guys touched on, like the McCrank connection seems strong. That antisocial, that whole like Vancouver thing that runs from Rick Howard to uh, Tony Ferguson on down. Do do you think it's 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 interesting? I, I think I kind of I, I agree and disagree with you, Jason, on the like being the wave versus kind of you know, reacting to things in skating, because I think back to like your Raven Tershi, like the, the entire trunk boys experience yeah. as like, 
okay, we're going to make chocolate like pseudo Hesh or something. And, you know, Elijah Burrow, I, it, it, it's weird. I almost feel like, and this is sort of half, uh, not devil's advocate, but just kind of disagreeing to make it, to make a point, but it's almost like they're doing more of their own stuff now with the move in terms of like, all right, young woman, you know, dresses in black and does manual tricks is just like unique. I think pretty rad skater in my mind in terms of like, yeah, skater, skater type where it almost seems a little bit more of doing their own thing just because I think back to what the pretty sweet era and it was like, uh, they're, they're no longer dictating the terms of things, but yeah, 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 I hear it, you. It, it, yeah, it goes back and forth. One thing I wanted to add um, about Raisa, because I think I saw it on Twitter while we were preparing for the show. She's got what 5.4 million followers on Instagram, you said, and she's even got 500,000 on Twitter, which is uh, that's significant as well. Her the gravity that she's gonna put out into the skateboard world for a long time is uh, is serious. Yeah, and actually thinking back to the whole Trunk Boys saga, there was something about that that felt so disgustingly forced because they talked about <laughs> it. It was in the it was in chocolate. It was in the chocolate epically latered, and it's like we got the Trunk Boys. That's what they're up to right now, and it was reminded me of that terrible clothing company that Lil Wayne tried to get going called Truck Fit, and oh God. he was just like, "No, no, no," because you would get it out the back of a truck. Or just like by the time that that came out, most of us had been listening to. New Orleans hip hop for at least a decade. Those of us who are not from New Orleans never heard a goddamn word about truck fit. So I don't know. I mean, also there's some, been some really questionable uh, names for for hip hop clothing companies, but that we could dedicate an entire episode just to that. But there was you're right. There was something that felt really forced about this, and this feels really natural. And you know, another point about Brianna is that I saw her skating at the uh, the turnaround, which is Eagle Rock High School in here in L.A. And it was just like she came through, like said hi to everybody, and honestly was just like ripping, mostly like with her crew of friends that she came with. And it's so funny because uh, she exudes kind of like almost like a like a party girl energy on social media. But she's such a skate rat in real life, and she's so good. And she has cool pants. <laughs> she has cool <laughs> pants. And I don't know. I mean, honestly, like. I'm not sure if there's much of a discussion about why Girl or Chocolate has never had, has never turned a woman pro. I mean, it has been, at least on the skater side, admittedly a boys club for decades. And a lot of other companies have been too. So it's, um, it's a huge step in a, in a new direction for them. And it's super, super, super awesome. Um, but then, you know, going back to those, you know, it felt like, you know, honestly, like the whole tr- trunk voicing kind of felt like a, a, a skateboarding midlife crisis. And I wonder if other long, <laughs> long-term long companies have had this, whether it was like bad graphics or a team that didn't make any sense. I mean, are they just kind of now settling into like, you know, that post, like I got a Lexus and pierced my ear, period. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I was talking about with Santa Cruz and all those companies, like in the nineties, they were just forced to catch up with world. Like they changed their name to SES, changed the logo like five times and shit. It's yeah. Maybe Mike's right. Maybe the trunk boys was a reaction to, I guess, anti-heroes popularity, which is still like, I'm pretty sure like in the, uh, in the sales, like board sales ranks is probably still up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have any recent data to support this, but the last data I saw, it was like anti-hero and creature were up there. Then it was like a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And I think this goes back to my earlier point about uh, a Krell tap renaissance, 
I mean, admit it, y'all. There was a period where it was very fun to laugh at what was happening on Girl and Chocolate. Am I right or, or not? A little bit. Like, uh, yeah, especially when all those companies like Polar and them started to really, like, blow the fuck up in, like, the early to mid-10s. Are they the 10s? Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of out of the spotlight or the limelight or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. The, uh, the French have a wonderful word for this, demodé. Uh, but as the kids would call it, uh, girl chocolate, kind of chuggy. <laughs> was that word ever really a thing? Or was no. that like just something this, that that uh, columnist came up with? Oh, Taylor Lorenz. Yeah, she interviewed this. Uh, she interviewed a, um, a sorority girl. And apparently, like, uh, a bunch of these, uh, her and her sorority sisters had all come up with this word, chuggy. Uh, again, I prefer demo day, but, you know, chuggy it is. But, like, that, that the girl chocolate has a, they definitely have some strong live, laugh, love vibes, whatever skateboarding's equivalent of that is. But, you know, there's people who love that. There is a lane for that. And girl chocolate might just be in it. Although, the thing about chocolate, I don't know. I've been enjoying watching Carl Aikens. Like, I am... I am absolutely hyped at what's going to happen for chocolate because like it was also like watching the footage of Brianna's, uh, you know, pro board reveal was, it looked so fun and so awesome. And there was champagne and our whole family was there. Carl Aikens, please tell me there's going to be some house music and it's going to be the illest party ever. But like, it, it seems like something's happened. It's like watching your, it's like watching one of your favorite sports teams, like undergoing a Renaissance new coach, you know, they decide to start spending some, uh, some, you know, some cap space. Like they are actually like they're doing numbers. Like they might actually come through and make the playoffs again. Like you know that they're probably not going to hit the finals like they used to. But you're just, damn it, you're just happy for them and you're excited for them. And I don't know. I, I, that's how I'm feeling watching this. I agree. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. What What was that French phrase again? I I, I want almost a a bit more of a translation than you offered up than just chuji chugi. Oh, demo day. It just means out of fashion, out of style. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I'm now I'm p- picking it up a little bit when you repeated it. Yeah. yeah I mean, there was like there's some here. Let's go German. You know, some Schadenfreude about like this company that I loved so much as a kid, and it was so obviously elite. Then kind of just being like, I mean, I, I'll I'll just do my take, the honest take. It was like Andrew Brophy was kind of the the nadir for that for girl in terms of like how's he on girl skateboards like he just made no sense to me and really so super why big ollie dude i don't know it just it just didn't fit i i gotta come up with a better answer than that though i'm not sure i have one we know i don't know big ollie dude long hair his hat brim is flipped up and he's like he's on girl all of a sudden he made well, least sense out of anybody well this is this is how i look at it like rick and mike and them they're they don't do any business analysis when it comes to the team. It's like strictly like qualitative, like who's our friends, who's a kook and who's not a kook, you know? And once you're on there, it's once you're in, like it's really, really hard to get out. Like you either have to quit or fuck up really, really, really hard. You know what I mean? Cause that whole, like it goes back to the whole like plan B thing. Like, Based on injuries, one out, Mike was just super bummed out about the whole like, okay, out with the old, in with the new thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, maybe via Pat Duffy, I don't know. But, um, yeah, like, for example, if you look at the girl team page, like, Jerron's still on there. 
Mike Moe's still on there. Corey Kennedy's still on there. You know, so I guess she must have passed whatever test, you know, Mike and Rick cooked yeah. up. But but yeah, it was definitely big for McCrank to to vouch for him. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kinda of, it's kinda of like if there's an uh what the fuck? Why am I like if there's like an elite like secret escort service, like someone has to vouch for you. <laughs> High class elite. Pa- wow. Yeah, there's a, yeah, to to patronize it. So it's kind of like one of those things, you know what I mean? If someone vouches for you, they can get in. Like once you're in, really yeah. hard to get out. It's um, it's worth noting that uh, Megan Baltimore actually had a big hand in this as well. That she not only oh, yeah, legend. For, like not only like heavily vouched for Brianna, but and and she's quite a like um. Probably one of the more powerful and secretive figures in the industry. You'd probably have a better chance getting Rocco on this podcast rather than Megan. And the wild thing is, <laughs> she knows where all the bodies are buried. Oh, oh. yeah. She was, uh, wasn't, wasn't she the accountant for World? Yeah, right. she was a dwindle. She was a dwindle during yeah. like, the, the peak Big Pants, you know, Big Pants Little Wheels era. Yeah. You know, she's, uh, she's one of the principals or the original principals of Krail Tap. Um, you know, and there was an interview that was circulating where she talked about how awesome it was and how uh, much of a personal triumph it was for her that Brianna got on girl and that, you know, was ripping or is ripping and now she's turning pro and that's super awesome. I just, you know, on one hand, like there are some people for whom like they're not necessarily comfortable in front of the camera or, you know, being interviewed for other people. It's just like, they're just way too busy. I get the feeling like she must be incredibly busy. Like, you know, this is somebody who has been in the mix with some of the most important people in the last 30 years of skateboarding. And it would be, you know what? It would be awesome to have her out there, have her do some kind of an interview. I mean, honestly, she probably has enough material for a straight up Ted talk because I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of young women out there who would be absolutely thrilled to see somebody like them in the industry who's a big timer. You know, somebody who has been a part of the, the mainstream skateboard industry narrative for decades, who has developed relationships with riders, who has managed teams, who has scaled a, you know, scaled a company, who's gone through business tumult. And, you know, you know, going back to the discussions, you know, the, the past couple of discussions we've had about women's skateboarding, you know, that's a, the next big step. You know, you have obviously women's skateboarding in the Olympics getting a huge amount of attention, especially, you know, in this whole podcast lane. But the next big step in changing skateboarding and really making it for real, for real, more equitable is for more women and non-binary folks to be able to see people who are like them, who are honestly like doing accounts, you know? On a big scale, maybe not necessarily, you know, like there's plenty of people who are out there ripping and it would be awesome to see a woman as a, as a skater of the year. But also, I think there's also a lot of people who want to be like, hey, I, I'm cool with skating now, but what if I actually want to do like a Krail tap, you know, like it, it's does Megan Baltimore get on the phone like the same way that Pontus does. We don't know. You know, we wouldn't be privy to those conversations. It'd be dope if that was happening, because I think that would... Um, That'd be a great way to pass a torch and a great way to make skateboarding bigger and more inclusive and honestly better for all of us. Patrick, are, are, are you talking about like more women and non-binary people like working in the industry? In the industry, for and real. Into the culture in a different Everything. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about like binary. making decisions like with the team, like doing the accounts, like like really like running it, running it. And 
and you know like and she's powers like she's like she's probably she's an og she's a big timer like she probably has an incredible wealth of knowledge to share and i'm sure that there are a ton of women all over the world who would just like to have you know an hour or two of her time to drop some knowledge about like yo how do you like how do you run an elite skateboarding brand for decades well i think it goes back to uh, you know the drum that we always beat which is the skateboarding so opaque in so many different ways you literally i don't think a lot of skaters even have any idea of what their options might be with respect to the money or with respect to roles just different opportunities within it to i don't know make it more interesting yeah ted talk would be cool but i think if anyone in the industry has like a book in them not like a you know co-written you know type of biography you know for the school library type of thing, but like a real fucking book, um, it would probably be her. Yeah, everything. Un- unless, unless Sam Smythe actually writes the EMB book. <laughs> he ain't writing no EMB book. Maybe we should put up an odds pool. <laughs> what will come first? <laughs> Rocco on a podcast, EMB book. Okay. When, there was that EMB documentary that was heavily, I swear, there was like group photos taken. It was really hyped up, and this is now probably like a dozen years ago. But yeah, that it was a while ago. It was it was definitely the pre Instagram era. Why am I? Thinking? But I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but um, video coming soon. But also like because um, I remember seeing um, Brianna in an, I think it was an antisocial video from a couple of years ago, um, and I remember seeing like oh she she had like uh, a line and then a couple tricks in it. I think it was um, their first big shop video. Um, I think it's on Vimeo somewhere out there, but it was awesome. She's like, what a breath of fresh air for, for girl skateboards. And also let's talk about that Thrasher cover. Like, first of all, like props to Thrasher for coming out with like monster cover after monster cover this year. Like it has been a joy to, it has been a joy to open the mailbox and see that waiting for me at the end of every single month. Like I, I am blown away. And like, that's the other thing too. She came out with a sick cover. Yeah, I want to see the footage. We need we need where's the where's the footage? Where's the footage? We need a legit where's... welcome video too. I, I someone on Twitter said that, you know, there's a girl in chocolate video in the works, which is great. But yeah, we need we need to complete this rollout. Yeah, I was thinking along those lines as well. Like they did some like one minute like clip or something. It's probably just like an Instagram video because of the timing she has like a couple of tricks on it but yeah she has a pretty deep body of work man like that uh that vans video credits pardon that was pretty dope she had a couple tricks that were eh, okay in that last girl video like nervous mm-hmm. circus or whatever but next Crail video whether it's a chocolate video or whatever like that's what i'm looking forward to like a legit like your own part your own song from brian gary and of course you know carly kins pro part blah 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 blah, blah. yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't Curltop used to do a thing where they would have like a commercial, for example, like when Gino got on, they had a little commercial that was running in four one ones back in nineteen ninety six. Don't remember. Don't recall uh, that for. G- I think they were like too big to have commercials in four one one. They definitely had an ad. That was the ad where he was like, was that for Scott Johnson? Where he his like it was the whole team and his photo was like a cutout kind of. I thought that was Gino. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe it might be him or Scott Johnson. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think they ever have really ads in four hundred one. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the kind of ironic in joke girl like did not work. I it just like there's something about it that just came off as super corny. Like 
and the 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 trunk boys like it just hurts me to say that like i can't believe that's part of their legacy it's kind of like their um what's that um what's the last black sabbath album with ozzy on it before he left the band before never never say die yeah it's like that you're just like oh lord like the cover is bad it's like everything about it is just like it's a stain on their legacy and that there's some there's some pretty there's some uh pretty good songs on there like sh- compared to the previous like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought you were it, gonna defend the trunk boys <laughs> no, 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 i like, mean this, it's all right it's a good song uh dirty whatever but that's for like the deep you know, Sabbath enthusiasts. It's not like volume four or Sabbath Buddy's house or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's definitely point, not like your point. Uh, yeah. It's well taken. And it's not, it's not like, you know, heaven or hell, right? No, it's not even like heaven or hell. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's just hell like, smoker. It's just like this yeah. awkward kind of like, wait, they really did this. Who was even in the Trump boys? It was Raven. I don't know if Vincent Alvarez was a official member or not, but I've got a, I've got a screen grab here with Stevie Perez, Raven, Elijah Burrell, Corey Kennedy. Yeah, it was like them four or three of the four. It just like, it, it, it did it didn't work. It didn't need to be a thing when they tried to make it a thing and it was embarrassing. Yeah, I was I I, I, I don't think I was into the trunk boys, guys. Stevie Perez's part in pretty sweet was pretty dope. Like whatever footage he's come out with since he went pro has been solid, but it's been like once every three years or something, you know, so he's not really like on the, on the radar that much, but that's kind of how they do things. Like once you're in, you're, good. you're in mm-hmm. unless you really fuck up super bad or you just quit, mm-hmm. you know, cause you move on to other things or move on in life or whatever, which has always actually turned up to be like, has anybody left girl chocolate? Like under chill circumstances, Chico, maybe Rod, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Ah, but like I'm talking about like in their peak, like not to. This is no knock on Chico is having a, a purple patch in his later years oh, yeah. with uh, skating any type of board possible. Maybe him and Daywan need to have uh, some sort of like a, a, a video or something like that. But uh, I'm talking about like somebody who was like in their in their pro window who said I'm out because like maybe Lucas oh. Puig leaving uh, Lakai for Adidas. Well, oh, I mean, Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah okay. I was thinking. Except, like, I don't know. He probably shouldn't have written for Plan B because, I don't know. But Some, you got to get a I, check. I, Come on, man. I, I, I was trying to think of, and this is, a, this is a big tangent, but I was thinking of, like, the Paul Rodriguez career arc and how kind of bizarre it is because that, like, Plan B thing didn't work for him. He was supposed to be the Jordan with his own shoe line, all that. The Plan B thing didn't work for anybody. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I don't know. That, that, for another time. For another recording, but I don't know if anybody else really, really jumped ship out of there. Colin McKay, um, I think that was yeah, like a, maybe that might have been like a like a homie something like, hey, you know, we know you from back in the day. Because then he didn't he get on workshop after that. That was D. He he went to girl. Colin McKay did girl, and then Danny Way was on workshop. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Think he uh, maybe he was supposed to be on Seek. It seems like yeah, um, I think. Everybody was supposed to be on. Seats, yeah, but, but it was of like, course he he got back on Plan B when they yeah. started that shit back up. It was just you know honestly it might have been just like something to do. And Colin did have some pretty cool footage in um what what girl video was it? Was it yeah right? Chocolate tour. No chocolate tour. You're right. I mean he's always a, a pleasure to watch skating vert. Um he's Colin McKay. Oh is, without a doubt. Colin McKay is the man. And also honestly like if we're talking like 
Vert Skaters also has street parts. Had better street parts than Danny Way. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I, yeah. I, I uh, uh, great, uh, man. Bull take. Is it a bull take? That's a bull take. Yeah, it's 360, the San Diego triple set. Um, yeah, it's pretty bull take. I think, but, I'm, but but I'm like a you know a, a plan B uh like diehard traditionalist like I'm like oh anyway you know last part blah 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 so but yeah I, kind of a bold take I think I I would say Colin looked better skating street yeah you can say that true 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 I mean but wait, but we could I don't know we could I don't know like uh, if, if there's any way we can get uh Jacob Rosenberg on we could probably have like the for real for real definitive. Uh, extra special edition hosted by Jason. Just a whole oh, yeah. joint about a whole joint about Plan B because there's so much. To, there's so much oh, yeah. to uncover there. But um, oh yeah, back to people to the left, girl. Like, hey, Jeremy Rogers, you know? <laughs> they were probably glad to get rid of him. <laughs> selfish. I have the selfish video. I like I'm on iTunes for real. <laughs> yeah, with else with him. It's him. What? Kyle Nicholson, the legend, and Yanni Latiglia. Sorry, Whoa. butchered his name. God, like what a Post weird blind Yanni. Wow. Yeah, wait. self self. Yeah, he's like I'm quitting for yeah selfish skateboards. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird time. That was when like there was like cats were making Boku dollars off of boards. That's when like you had skaters who were blowing through all their money, like flexing, living basically uh, a hip hop lifestyle, which is kind of wild in retrospect um especially now like there's cats who are getting money in skating but like not like not like early 2000s like pre-2008 crash skateboarding skating was on some wild shit like it like it was like everyone was like on some mtv cribs living this like yeah this, like but <laughs> like, like leasing an aston martin and shit like fuck out of here jeremy rogers had a bentley if i'm not mistaken <laughs> and he might have that I, I might have eyewitness testimony that, yeah, he shot a handgun out of its uh, sunroof yelling, sometimes you got a while out. Hey, you know, <laughs> he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> there. Maybe a bottle of Hennessy under the front seat as he, <laughs> as he drove. Not wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> back, I mean, to, uh, back, to yeah, back, back to Brianna Gehring. Back to Um Girl Chalk. But yeah, I think, you know, on a street level, Carl Aikens, you know, one of this podcast favorites, like has a lot of juice. Like, I feel like there's a lot of anticipation on the street level for the next Girl Chalk production. Okay. Hard hitting question. It is not related to, it is not related to Brianna Gearing getting on a girl and getting a pro board. Is Carl Aikens the king of New York? Oh, ah, that's a, uh, oh, that's Same, a tough one. No, nah, no, it's TJ, bro. It's still T. You think so? Still TJ. Yes, without doubt. Still, still TJ. Still TJ. And I, I want to. Okay, I'm I'm a I'm a Carl Aikens fan, but I want to see. I don't know, man. His his social media presence is kind of uh, under underwhelming. Carl Aikens. I love the photos. I love the model shit, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want I, like I I I am very interesting to see a video part out of the dude. Like you know the serious video part. I'm trying to get paid video part. Not that there's much money for anybody, but like a dozen people. But mm-hmm. so I want to see the full octane. So what would it take for Carl Aikens to take the crown? I mean, honestly, he might have to, you know, figure out what the next social media dangerous trend is. And 
because TJ's got this shit locked right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a good transition right there. <laughs> that it is. So speaking of dangerous social media trends, as the milk crate challenge popped off on social media, it was only a matter of time before us skaters, we love a good, stupid physical challenge, got involved and that we did Monday night with the Tyshawn Jones organized milk crate challenge event in New York City. Perhaps you watched it. Jason, were you glued to Instagram live like many of us watching in- TJ's event? And uh, big question, serious question here. Sorry to, sorry to ice you, man. Would you step to the crates yourself? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I'll answer your two questions. I'll answer the first one yeah, first. Sorry to give you a two at once. My yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, like everyone else, what night was that? I know it was a weeknight last week. It was just so, yeah, regular Tuesday or Thursday night. I don't know. It's August, like every days the same or whatever weird time of year but yeah i'm just kind of chilling uh looking at the twitter and i see some tweets coming through like strobex you know live he's broadcasting some fucking crate challenging where was it exactly was it in that park on canal street with the rails that everyone skates or was it like somewhere else i have no idea i have no clue i was like anyway flicking back and forth on it it was some park in the city so first i look him up my homie john divine's feed shout out john divine and it was crazy. Like it just kind of shows how, you know, this might sound kind of corny, but how like tight knit our community is. Cause you can look on this stupid Instagram live feed and like, Oh, there's uh Kalis. There's, you know, there's this guy, there's that guy, there's Mike, you know, <laughs> it was like a moment, you know, in whatever way that Instagram live and this contest can facilitate a moment. It was, and it was like riveting, dude. Like, I felt like I was there. I felt like the humidity, like the vibe, people randomly yelling out like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yes, like New York, you know? Yeah, I, I was riveted, man. It was definitely a, a moment. Think I don't think anyone got seriously injured, yeah, which that, is good. That weird dank smell of like a combination of us like Loud and Newports, B.O. Yeah. And, uh, and like, what... What's the like? What's the modern equivalent of Drakkar Noir? Or do uh, young teens and twenty somethings they not wear uh, cologne anymore? Yeah, who knows, man? You, Just you like know. weed smell. Um, maybe, maybe like yeah, like maybe like <laughs> weed smell plus patchouli and. <laughs> yeah, that's just a lot of grimy ass bodies. I'm trying to think of the skaters. <laughs> who, uh... No, like I was thinking. Yeah, you're like shoulder to shoulder with someone, and it's like cool but warm, like sweaty bodies on. Yeah, yeah, Which, and we're still in the pandemic, so that's wild that it's happening. And you know, I, I can already hear someone's like, "Hey, yo, my man, you trying to hit this or what?" Yes, it was. Yeah, it was wild. Some someone commented like Sushu's next, so like Sushu should have done it. I think that would have been crazy, but um, <laughs> that would have been Damn. even more of a moment. But you should get street cred. <laughs> yeah he would, might actually get help. that sody <laughs> yeah who, who the fuck knows but uh yeah so that's question number one question number two without a doubt i could i could definitely do it a hundred percent with the standard like configuration with seven in the middle okay you know that you usually see not with the one with 10 in the middle and the extra two jutting out on top like uh like they had here that that looked pretty wild that would probably be pretty wild but here's my theory like, I probably said it here before, but skaters, just because they spend so much of their, you know, adolescence just fucking jumping on shit, they have a different physiology than other human beings. And a corollary to that is 
because they spend so much time on a skateboard and balancing on ledges and coping and whatnot. They have an advanced sense of balance than a regular human being. So that's why I think I could do it without much of a problem. Mike, would you do it? <laughs> While I wholeheartedly agree that, you know, there, there's, there's some advanced physiology within <laughs> skaters, like, I don't know, man, I, 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 you know, went to the uh, medium of record last week, Twitter, and I, I said I wouldn't step just for the, you know, the, I don't know, getting in weird positions and falling situation, though. I'm, I, I, it, it's interesting. I, I agree with all the confidence that I've heard from other skaters. Where, yeah, we got that. And we actually saw it, too. But maybe uh, now I feel lame, man, but I'm just being risk averse, I guess. So here's what I'm saying. My girlfriend lives in Canada. You can't meet her. And I could do the crates if I wanted. <laughs> if I wanted, I could do the crates. I'm not going to try it, though. Patrick, what about you? Let's just get it all out of the way. Absolutely not. Uh, one of my good friends, <laughs> actually, um, he fell on a plastic chair and it pierced his back and actually oh. did serious damage to his kidney. And he nearly died from the blood loss. And okay. not to say that there's... Sharp, sharp edges on these milk crates, but I'm not rolling the dice like that. Like, and also, like watching some of these people tumble, like the non-skaters, has been oh horrifying. God. It's like, like these people are acting like the hospitals aren't already stressed from the last 18 months, and now y'all gonna go and do the milk crate challenge. Which, why? I guess, what is it about something like this? Is it just because the milk crates are there? Are like, are we so starved for? Are people so starved for clout that they'll do anything just to, so they can get their moment of fame on the internet, even if it's them falling on their ass? Maybe. What you brought up the the like a salient point. It's like them trying it, even though they're not skaters. It's like if you're not a skater, why would you ever try that shit? You have no, <laughs> you have no chance, man. <laughs> like, and then you see people doing all kinds of shit, like like carrying a hookah and like hitting the, you know what I mean, hitting the hookah <laughs> at the top, like rolling a blunt some guy did it while he was rolling a blunt you know so it's all types of shit but then you get into like that the part of human psychology that gets psyched on this type of shit which is uh i don't know just something about the current social zeitgeist i guess gets psyched on this shit i i, I guess so but there's there's something you know i i don't I guess i don't know if it's age i don't know if it's um having it's weird just sitting on one of those milk crates. They feel unstable just when you're sitting on one of them on the ground. I can't imagine stacking up a bunch of them and trying to walk up and over. It just feels so dumb. And then also, it's like, if you're doing that in a big crowd like that, in the city, you know, getting that contact high from people just kind of while now doing their thing, you've probably, you know, if you drink, you've had a couple of drinks when you get up there. You're not even like in the right frame of mind to be able to do it and do it well. Also, it's like some of the injuries, you know, I did a little a little research on World Star. Oh God. Like <laughs> why should I end up with a compound fracture in so, you know to close out oh. summer two K twenty one? Because what? Uh, because I wanted to be on the ground. Compound though, right? <laughs> it's like civilians getting hurt though, right? Yeah. It, it it's not skaters. It's like if you if it makes sense to you know, it's one thing to take the risk because you're trying to skate a handrail and accomplish something. This it's just like are you ever going to walk up and down a bridge of milk crates again? You'll probably skate a handrail again. Once you get one, like, it's a stepping stone to something. There's a purpose and a reason for it. But there's no reason to be doing the milk crate challenge. Yeah, but, there's there, there's very little uh, ROI. Exactly. With, with a milk crate challenge, that's uh, 
that being said, what was That's the for pool? Sure. And Tyshawn was Tyshawn was the one who organized this. And how much was like how much did people stand to earn? I think he was giving out like 200, 300 for doing it. Like anyone that made it across. That's not enough. Think. That's not something enough. Like, something like that. Oh no, I, they would have to be like if, if, with a crowd that big. I'd say like we're open up the hat and we're trying to get this joint. Everybody just like yo, put some money in the pot. I, I would want to see at least four figures in a situation <laughs> like that. Wow. Okay. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> no, no, I'm just soaking it in, man. You can't get like a whole park full of people and just be like, oh, it's two hundred dollars head. Nah, like make the biggest one and be like, everyone throw in five bucks. Next thing you know, you know, maybe it's two, three thousand bucks on the line. Yo, that changes that changes the equation a bit. That that maybe then I would start thinking about it. Well, yeah, like during the the live, like Kalis was like, just breathe and like shit like that, and, you know, like an advice. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, they can't see, you know? But, yeah, he's right, I guess. You really have to be in, like, a zen state of mind. Also, what if you end up, like, Kalis also had a, a goodness, his his uh, his comments on the live feed were amazing. <laughs> he was like, don't don't pull a mic mo. Like, <laughs> when bro, PJ got oh, up, right? Oh, don't, don't, don't body your career on some dumb shit in the park. <laughs> you know what was amazing? I mean, he said that for Tyshawn, right? Like I believe so, yeah. What was amazing was I think TJ was either he was on the second highest step, either you know one uh, one side or the other of the pinnacle, and he lost balance and he bailed. Somehow didn't knock it over. Did did you all see that? It was mm-hmm. incredible. He just like jumped off, didn't knock over the crates. That yeah, I think I remember that. The most impressive like skater moment there it was it was the ability to get the hell out of there. How how is he so good? How is he so good? Why is Tyshawn the man? Because he does like straight nollie flips over garbage cans and shit like that. Like, how do you even do that? It's crazy. It's the combination. This is a really far-fetched theory, but like he was little dude, really tech, could jump shit. And then I'm really curious how tall he actually is now. Anybody seen him in person? No, I've never seen him in person. He shot as tall. Tyshawn's like, I don't know, he's, he's got an extra like lankiness to him. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know, he's, he's got super long legs. And I feel like that helps get over stuff. Yeah. So it's this weird combo of like being little and getting super good and then having a body that all of a sudden like really allows you to just wreck shop. Yeah. He doesn't drink or smoke, right? That's what I've read. Yeah. That's my understanding. Okay. Yep. There's probably some of that in there too. He's probably got uh, yeah. that super endurance. Totally. You know, he's not out there doing sessions while fighting a hangover or like hacking up a lung after, you know, spending all night smoking uh, Newport, you know, Newports or, or camels. Yeah. yeah Which, not having those bar nights full pack. Nah, he's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, also, here's the thing. Like it was was Strobeck who drove uh, drove the van filled with crates over. Right. Yeah. Not sure. But that, I think it's safe to assume. What kind of text message conversation was going on when that went down? Like, yo, bro, I need you to come through to this park at this time. Bring the crates. Shit's going to get crazy. Like, yeah, what's right in Strobeck's mind? They were uh, even able to get like a red and a green one for the Hardee's uh, branding. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the Hardee's hardware branding at the top. Pretty gnarly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where people are getting all these shits. Like, 
there's some at like the local school, which is a skate spot around here. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, everyone, kids do like try to heel flip them and ollie over them and stuff. So like, I know they're like behind schools and whatnot, but I have no idea where people are finding these like in bulk. I got a grip of like four one ones and other old skate videos. I think in one in my storeroom down here in my basement. Yeah, yeah. Well, my well there's studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, you got to be careful because there's different kinds. There's like storage crates like from target or whatever those mm-hmm. are kind of weak like i think you gotta get the like according to hoyle like milk crate crates for transporting yeah, like milk legitimate beverage crates Ex- yes exactly yep which is weird because i know like uh some folks in england were trying to recreate it and they were using kind of plastic pallets and it's just it's just not to the same effect you can stack them high but they're bigger and they're wider and um it, it's it's not to the same effect we were, you know, we had talked before we had started recording. We were thinking about other times that skating has showed up on social media. Obviously, there's, uh, you know, there's a dude, what's his face? Uh, the guy who tried to ollie the 13 flat 13, Matt Schlager. But that wasn't him trying to go viral. That was him trying to do what we all do when we go skating, flex for his friends. And it, it ended very badly. <laughs> well, do you mean like physical physical challenge type of shit or like viral clips that happen to have skateboarding in them i guess physical physical like there's like bottle flip but bottle flipping is not really a physical challenge that's just like a good flick of the wrist yeah yeah there was that thing where you like put a bottle on one of your board and try to like flip it up right then there was like the bottle flipping thing which if you work in a school or whatever it was was huge in like (laughs) 2019 that was inescapable in like 1819 oh then there's that then that uh some people do where like you put your board like you hold your board over like a body of water or something and like close your eyes and flip it and try to catch it yeah i do like a hand flip there's that little thing which responsible for that yeah some one of those crews or something like that something connected in like the whole uh qs dime alzheimer's universe maybe i for for some reason i think that and which of course, this challenge was uh, the pinnacle of it was when I think Gustav Tonneson did it with the VX. Why? Why do people do this? <laughs> with the, no, this was in, what, I can't remember what, maybe it was a sour, some sour video. Yeah. This was so uh, gnarly. He had, he like drank like a glass of white wine. Then he did like the flip thing. He was standing on, a, on some bridge of and course. then he did the VF, VX flip with his hands over, with his hand over his eyes. Over like some river, it was it was crazy. I like got anxiety watching it. It's got the handle. Ugh, I'm sorry. Like again, uh, what happens when that shit goes in the river or falls down to wherever it ends up? You know, waste of a perfectly good camera, waste of a perfectly good board. Yeah, well, the, these things aren't really based on like logic. You know what I mean, it's a it's a different type of equation. Like that goes into them, you know. It's all about the flex, which I, I mean, it seems to be like it's more interesting when skaters end up becoming end up becoming viral moments or viral moments within skating. Like, who is that dude that has showed up in like a bunch of quarter snacks and a bunch of uh, Danny clips? Like, nice to meet you, I'm an artist. Like, who is that guy? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But that's one of those things that kind of becomes like an inside inside joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of like a running inside joke. Or, uh, you know, Jamal Smith, you know, his hair, whack. His style, whack. The way that he talks, whack. Like, that went way beyond. Oh, yeah, dude. That, 
I, I still see that clip like popping up on Twitter from time to time, like in one form or another. Like, yeah, that that shit went super viral. Yeah, it was fully out in the wild. That, yeah. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> I think what else? There was that one with, I mean, we just talked about, I, we just talked about a couple weeks ago with uh, that kid from Australia, Karen something or other, skating the bowl. Karen Woolley. Yeah, Karen Woolley. Yeah, something like that when he does that, like, super long line of bowl that, like, pop up a couple times. Mm-hmm. And there's people just standing around and being like, don't care. I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. He, like, like pops out of the bowl. They, like, don't even, like, acknowledge it. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's back on the explore page for some reason. Yeah. And it's still as annoying as it ever was. Absolutely. I mean, like back to the crate challenge. Is it strictly a core thing? Is that really the key to it? Core I don't, thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I saw somewhere you just lean forward when you're going up and lean back when you're going down. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's core strength or... Like you do your breathing right. I don't know. If you do like box jumps and whatnot at the gym, that might help. God, my knees just hurt thinking about doing those. <laughs> I, I immediately thought of Boris Diaw. Who is that? A uh, French basketballer who rode for the San Antonio Spurs. And I guess he could, you know, like do a 42 inch box jump, but he was also the guy who had a espresso machine in his locker. <laughs> Look up <laughs> Boris Diaw. He's uh he doesn't look shout like shout out a, Boris Diaw. I don't shout out Boris Diaw. I don't think he was on the French Olympic team. Oh, he's recent. He's a around. recent French baller. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. pretty fairly he, recent. Yeah, he's probably retired six years now. Okay. And how high of a box jump are you talking about? Forty-two or forty-four inches. Holy shit! So did he skate at all? Not to my knowledge, but okay. if we're talking about French NBA players, like he's very skater esque. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done box jumps for a while. I don't know. There's all types of videos on Instagram or whatever people doing like crazy ass box jumps. It's a whole thing. I would love to learn. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, like keep your keep your core engaged probably as you're going over. Just try to breathe, be like all zen and shit. I don't know. Oh, is it? Are we gonna do like a four on one trick tip on how to do the <laughs> four on one trick challenge? Four on one trick. Step one: we step on the first crate. Continue walking over the crates and walk away. Enjoy the crate challenge. Walk away clean. <laughs> walk away clean. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually the That's really the key to it. Is it also like being of like a certain like build? Is that something that helps too? Is like, is there any sort of, um, there must be somebody who's done the stats or the analytics on like why certain people will succeed at the, uh, the crate challenge and other people don't. But I will say this. Skaters know how to film the crate challenge correctly. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The couple uh, edits that popped up were uh, pretty tight. The ones that were written by skaters. Yeah, those are so good. I mean, holy shit. I mean, but then again, like viral challenges, you're always going to be stuck with bad filming. Either the camera's going to be positioned the wrong way, or the lens is dirty, or there's people talking over the whole shit. Oh god. Fools don't know how to film slams, man. They start jerking the camera around. You need. <laughs> You need to stay steady. No, steady boy, hand and don't say anything. Your boy is screwed no matter what. You can't you can't help him. So. <laughs> Wait, well, why is that? Like, what is it about with skating where um, very, very, very rarely, unless it's something particularly grave, that filmers keep an incredibly steady hand when somebody slams? Because you want that footage. I mean, if you're, if you're getting broke off, you want that footage, right? For the most part. I guess so. But, like, what is it about 
regular 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 folks that they can't do that like watch any world star clip watch any fight clip you know i mean it always ends up it's, it's chaotic it's terrible it's unwatchable after a couple of minutes whereas like you could tell somebody who's either serious behind the camera or skates you can tell when they've they've filmed some sort of a viral video or some sort of viral challenge because you know there's perspective but at the same time they're they are not moving the camera too far away from from the subject and it just feels like okay cool this is something that could be dropped into i don't know i don't know like a jackass or a land speed or something like that yeah it's it well i'll tell you it's just one of those things that skating teaches you almost like by osmosis like just like you learn you know kind of basic carpentry and whatnot or masonry mm-hmm. you learn basic cinematography i guess you know or how to film shit yeah absolutely <laughs> and also like the cool thing about this whole milk crate challenge is that you know just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the olympics uh skating is hard had a whole episode where they devoted a section to the olympics uh vent city talked about the olympics so Skateboard podcasts have been discussing the Olympic Games, and there's been this big question mark about whether or not there's going to be some sort of skating that's going to be sanitized and professionalized to death. And this is <laughs> this is a hell of a response. This is chaotic. This is this is wild. I mean, this plus like Ed Templeton taking the photos of Jonah Hill uh, for GQ magazine. It feels like we've crashed a party. You know? Yeah, and like. Tony Hawk, for some reason, Tony Hawk now is like five times as big as he ever was, like in the 80s. <laughs> and he, he didn't skate a single minute in the Olympics. Yeah, he's, he's like every other day on Twitter, he's like doing some new thing or whatever. With his eyebrows. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> what? Would you, you, like, he got new eyebrows or something. He got his eyebrows done? Yeah, that's probably like part, that, that, that's a that's big time money, man. <laughs> part of that. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're if you're bigger than you ever been, do the brows. I, I, I do agree, Patrick, that like it's wonderful to see um, a bit of a course correction in terms of like, all right, yep, Monday night watching Instagram live with like all my closest internet friends <laughs> watching fools get broken off doing the crate challenge. And exactly. I I, I wrote it down too. Like, you know, your Brianna Gehrings of the world are sort of a, a good balancing act for, you know, the really polished Olympic skate skating where, you know, I don't think she does contests. Who does contests, you know? Yeah. And if she did, she's probably cool in them too. But, you know, like just thinking about like on one hand, like here's Tony Hawk is out here working with an esthetician, although that's going to be the next frontier. I think beauty We've talked about this on Skate Twitter, but I think beauty brands are going to get in on skating big time. So all these skaters out there who are getting to the, the top of the top, get yourself like a, like a skincare sponsor. Get yourself like a sunscreen sponsor, lotion. You know, uh, shout out to all my black skaters out there. Black hair care is a multi-billion dollar industry. Carl Aikens, I see you, homeboy. Carl Aikens. Carl Aikens, yo. Like Carl Aikens on some like next level, like... like activator wave curl kind of gel something like that whatever he's rocking in his hair yo i mean there's boku dollars to be made in beauty and i think skating needs to cash in i think that'd be great i'm saying like these park dudes that lights reflecting off the concrete man it's aging your skin prematurely you know get get on a program and sell it yeah yeah exactly like nivea like like somebody needs to be out there getting that nivea money like getting that that would be the ultimate as somebody who gets ashy, especially in the wintertime, I would need, yo, know, a Nivea box. 
get after it. I want to see someone with like zinc on their nose. <laughs> a, Somebody must have done it. It's, it's, and some Oakleys. <laughs> get after it, man. I'm th- I'm thinking like like the the football. Like, why can't I even think of it? Grease under the eyes. Keep keep that bowl glare mm-hmm. at bay. Yeah, that's a good idea. You may Maybe have just thought of something. Like, honestly, like we should be selling this as uh, as uh, consulting services. I mean, mostly skateboarding and consulting has been crushing it for <laughs> next plus years. Next, next, next time I skate a twelve foot bowl, I'll wear some uh, in the middle of the summertime. I'll wear wear some quarterback <laughs> eye black stuff, whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, or, or like God, like is are any what? I'm sure Tony Hawk must have been getting that icy hot money back in the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it's like it's like, but like back to my earlier point. It's like we've crashed a party. Like we know we're not supposed to be here, but nobody said anything yet, and people seem to be cool with it. And like Mike does a great point. Like it's course correction. Like this is the chaotic energy that reminds people that like skating is wild and strange things happen, and sometimes we do things that are really really dumb, and it's phenomenal. It's what keeps it. It's so much fun. Like Tom Brady wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was that that Time magazine write through where you know the guy who is just churning out Time stories about X Y Z events was like, "You skaters better try harder. <laughs> you invented it." And it's like, yeah, there's there's just some, certain things that are inherent to this oh, yeah. game. Lil Wayne was a, there was an interview with him in L.A. Times where he said that he was disappointed that um, the United States didn't come home with uh, anything higher than a bronze. It's like U.S. invented shit, like something's wrong here i was just like harsh words from wheezy f baby yeah damn maybe he was a break come on wayne you got a little bit more to learn about the culture doc <laughs> i don't know maybe we should just send a little wayne to to paris 2024 and see what the hell happens i'm ready let's get out we, we got to get mostly skateboarding consulting out to paris <laughs> we charge boku dollars an hour but hey you get the best service in america canada too well we, we got our we got our french french translator as well we, we're well outfitted for this mm-hmm. oh, well, i'd yeah. be stoked to go to paris oh, yeah. which brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on as we wrap things up patrick what are you stoked on this week i'm stoked on spitfire wheels i really like that yuto ad that's in the newest issue of thrasher stoked on uh raisa leal getting on april i is it is today mike carroll's birthday it was, was a it couple days ago the 24th yeah, oh, a couple days ago. It's around Mike Carroll's birthday, so I think it, it's there's must be a correlation there because I think Raisa is the is Mike Carroll 2.0. Look at her back lips. Look at her Smith grinds. She's got the touch. Um, I'm also stoked on the Cure in Orange, which is a concert film of the Cure from 1987, filmed mm-hmm. in uh, Provence in the south of France. The version of A Night Like This from that concert is amazing, and it's beautifully shot. It needs to be re-released. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Stoked on a couple new-ish video parts. If you uh, watch watch Slides E-Grinds, like at the beginning of the pandemic, June 2020, you knew that this guy, Cal Casa, was a ripper. But the part he just dropped in conjunction with going pro for Habitat is crazy. It's like next level bananas. Like one of the craziest street parts I've seen in a minute. So pretty stoked on that. And the fact that he's pro as well. Also stoked on the latest almost video, uh, MK. No, I think it's MV plus AK. I'm sorry. I had the wrong theme in my notes. With uh, the kid, Mikel Vidal 
from the Elas Collective, a whole bunch of other dope bureaus in there. Also stoked on, as I mentioned earlier, the Danny Wayne Nine Club. Listen, there's no podcast topic or just topic in general that I like hearing about more than Plan B world industry lore. So I was pretty uh, stoked on that. All six hours or whatever it was. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on a number of things. And I'm curious as a, as a not frequent nine club user, if I got to get in on that Danny way action. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a frequenter, frequent listener of that either. And yeah, it was dope. I loved every minute of it. Like no bullshit. Word. So I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Otherwise this week I'm stoked on, um, it's that time of year where I get to be an optimistic Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Let's go. Who was, who was y'all's draft pick? We had no draft picks this year because we, uh, you know, mortgaged the future to get rid of uh, Andrew Wiggins and bring in D'Angelo Russell. We may, you know, we tinkered around the edges though. We got a Patrick Beverly recently traded uh, veteran, veteran presence in the locker room. Okay, yeah, good, good bulldog, tough guy, you know. So, so hope springs eternal six weeks from training camp. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on the, the Minnesota Timberwolves at the moment. Gaps to lip slide. I did one. This past week, maybe the week before, um, I just highly recommend that trick. If you've ever uh, not tried it, you should do one. It's pretty fun. I am going to Montana next week, which is tight. Love it out there. Going to see a bunch of family and might even skate one of those controversial evergreen skate parks that people seem to vitriolically hate, but they're kind of fun. What are, and- are, those, are those the ones with like a big... Like it's some crazy shit, like a big ass snake run into a full pipe or something like that. Just, oh, those yeah. are great! Total snake run, yeah. They they, they catch fun. a lot of fire on the on the on the internet, but yeah, they're yeah they're super fun. So I'm gonna do that, and then uh, final thing that I'm stoked on is uh, it was storming like crazy this evening in Minneapolis, and it's like not rained at all this summer, so that was dope. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check MostlySkateboarding.net for links to things we talked about today and other show notes. Templeton's off this week, but he always does a fantastic job with that. So thanks for editing. Yes, sir. Until next time. The finest. You can keep up with us all week online on the internet. Jason, where can people find you? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at FrozenCarbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com working on it got some new stuff uh coming for the end of the third quarter i think working on it patrick where can the people find you y'all can find me on twitter under the handle at colonel k speaks or you can find me on instagram and clubhouse under p kigongo mike where can the people find you on bobby digitals i've got unified screen handles both for twitter and instagram it's at M. Munson Rider. We'll see you guys next week. Clear. Be safe.
what you want.